The scripture for today comes from the book of Malachi in the Old Testament. It's chapter 3, 1 through 4. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way for me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, For who, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like the refiner's fire, like the fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord of righteousness in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old as, and as in former years. The word of God for the people of God. Wow, we're just blowing through Advent, aren't we? How is it that it's already the second week of December? I'm still trying to come to terms with, that, with the fact that it's 2018 at all, let alone the last month of it. It's been a big year for me. Lots of things happened this year, many of them planned, some of them not so much. It's just hard to believe that a lot of those things that I was waiting for are memories now. Anyway, on with my point. I had some fun this week getting to know Malachi a little bit better. It is a book that I have read before, but it's been a long time, and certainly long before I ever put much thought into analyzing the text. History is something that I have always loved, and it really worked out very well that my love of history and my love of scripture are able to intertwine so much in my life. Last week we read from Jeremiah, and in, who in the years leading up to the exile of the Jewish people to Babylon, prophesied that the Lord would come and create peace. We know that the words of Jeremiah and the other prophets helped the people during their exile to keep their eyes upon the Lord. We know that even through their darkness, many were able to stay focused on the knowledge that helped, that help was coming, and that their people would not always be in exile. They had hope, and though the generation that entered exile in 586 BC would not see the end themselves, they had hope that their children and grandchildren would eventually see Jerusalem again. Seven generations later, and by 515 BC, the second temple had been completed. By the time the oracles of the book of Malachi were being told, around 450 BC, enough time had passed that the priests had again become lackadaisical in their ways. They were not adhering to traditions as well, and they had even made some changes in the, in the traditions to fit their needs. Before the exile, the priests had considered themselves of the line of Aaron. Aaron, the brother of Moses, had been considered the first high priest. And much like the popes of the Catholic Church, who all looked to St. Peter as the first pope, the priests of ancient Judaism looked to Aaron. After the exile, the priests began to consider themselves not just of the line of Aaron, but of Aaron's grandfather, Levi, one of the twelve sons of Jacob. 
We do not know exactly who wrote Malachi. The word itself means my messenger. The title of the scroll was given later to an, by an editor as the oracles were clearly from God. Although we do not know the real name of the person who wrote this scroll, we do know from the rest of the book that he was associated with the temple in some way. He may not have been a priest since he provided some very harsh words for the priestly class. He may have just been a prophet. But he saw what was happening in the temple. He saw that there was less law and order than there should be. In the time before the exile, prophets often spoke about how the, how the adherence of the activities of the cult masked a lack of morality. Malachi was the opposite thought. It was believed that adherence to the activities should be firmly embraced as reverence proper to God's majesty. And to clarify, just for sake of it, the word cult here, in this sense, refers to a system of religious veneration and devotion directed to a particular figure or object. So it's not the negative connotation that we tend to think of nowadays. The lack of obedience was not just limited to God, and the failure of the priests in the time of undependable, sec undependable secular authority was a principal cause for the corruption in society. For the oracles of Malachi, it was simple. Return to God, and God will return to you. The idea that the priests could be strict in their adherence to the law and practice, but still maintain and ignore an and a moral life is contradicted in the idea that true religion, true worship, produces morality. It brings upon the question of, can we really and truly worship and love God and not live a completely moral life? Probably not. In the early first century, as different people began to emerge and scriptures, as always, were being interpreted, there were some that felt that the oracles of Malachi, especially of today's passages, were not speaking so much of Jesus, but that of John the Baptist. And from the opening words, it is easy to see why that is. The oracle talks of God sending a messenger to prepare the way. And John certainly fit that description in the days prior to Jesus' ministry. Remember, it was actually John who baptized Jesus. Fitting, since he was John the Baptist. But as Jesus' ministry unfolded and as our understanding of Scripture became deeper, we began to see that beyond those few, first few words, the oracle was much more, explained, much more explained the coming of Jesus rather than the coming of John. As Scripture says, though, who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? Elie Wiesel was a writer, and a rather good one at that. He told a story once of his childhood in which his mother would ask him questions when he got home from school. She did not ask him questions like, what did you do today, or what did you learn today? She would ask him, did you have a good question today? Perhaps this is the type of question we should be asking our young people. I know my answer to what did you learn today was always nothing but yet somehow I learned. I don't, it was weird. 
The question that Ellie Wiesel's mother put before him was much like the questions that Malachi put before us. The question of who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears are good Advent questions. Advent questions, Advent questions are worthiness, readiness, and willingness for Christ's coming. As we sit here in the second week of Advent, we address God who has sent messengers through the prophets to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation. We need to heed their warnings and forsake our immoral tendencies. When we listen to the oracles of Malachi and we truly love and worship God, truly give our whole selves to God, we move into a moral life. When we listen to God's teachings through the prophets and when we put our whole faith that God will see us through, it becomes easier to live a life in a more peaceful way. Everyone hears God differently. When I hear God and feel the Holy Spirit working within me, it usually takes the form of a feeling deep in my gut, straight into my heart and soul. Oftentimes what I hear from God is not always what I want to hear from God. Oftentimes, as a matter of fact, what I want to do and what God is telling me to do are often two very different things. For years, I fought against what God was telling me. But when I finally understood and listened, and when I finally followed through with what, had been, what was being said to me, I started to gain a certain peace. The peace of knowing that all good things come from God. The peace of knowing that through Christ Jesus, all things are possible. The peace of knowing that I don't have to be in control all of the time. That God is, is at work in my life, and I do not need to have all of the answers right now. It was very tough for me to relinquish that control, and I'm still working on it. When we start to feel that peace and give our lives over to God, we can start to answer the questions that Malachi and the others have put before us. We are able to think about our lives and really take a look. Sometimes, looking at our lives and seeing if we're able to stand with God can be shocking. We end up reliving past pain. We sometimes get ourselves caught up in thoughts which might lead to repeat actions. Self-reflection is very rarely a completely pleasant experience. If you're able to look at your entire life and say that you've never made questionable decisions, I am proud of you. And I would like to know your secret. <laughs> but the peace we have from God as we look at ourselves gives us the reminder that we need and that we have a new start with God every day. With every decision we make, we have the opportunity to start over and to turn things around. With a turn towards God, it is never too late. Because we know that the Christ child did arrive, we are preparing not only to celebrate his birth, but also in the advent of his return. We are preparing ourselves and others for the time when Christ will return to us. We are in Advent, in the Advent of needing to make sure we are in order and that we can 
make a deep connection with our Creator and say that we did the very best we could in a life that dedicate that it was dedicated to the praise and worship of God. We are in a season of Advent that follows us, that allows, excuse me, I can't read my own typing, that allows us to prepare our answers to Malachi's questions and to be able to say, I can, I can endure, I can stand with Christ. We do not know when Christ will come again. We do not know how much time we have in order to get ourselves together. We make plans, and sometimes they don't work out the way we thought they would. We make plans, and God has other plans. And God gets to win that argument every time, so don't even try. Advent of 2018 is half over, but our advent for the coming of Christ goes on into the next liturgical seasons. And it goes as far as God wants it to go, not as far as we think it will go. Have peace in your heart that God is in control. Return to God and allow the mercy and grace to wash over you. Amen.